I can do nothing on my own. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. If I alone bear witness about myself, my testimony is not true. There is another who bears witness about me, and I know that the testimony that he bears about me is true. You sent to John, and he has borne witness to the truth. Not that the testimony that I receive is from man, but I say these things so that you may be saved. He was a burning and shining lamp, and you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. But the testimony that I have is greater than that of John, for the works that the Father has given me to accomplish, the very works that I am doing, bear witness about me that the Father has sent me. And the Father who sent me has himself borne witness about me. And you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe the one whom he has sent. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. Praise God for the reading of his word. You may now be seated. Thank you, Brother John. Good morning. A pleasant good morning to all of you who are here. And those who are at the ground floor. And those who are watching live or listening live or delayed a pleasant good morning to all of you. Shall we start with a prayer? Our triune God, we again humbly come before you, acknowledging your lordship and your sovereignty over the universe, our country, our region, our city, our community, our family, our individual lives. Lord, apart from you, we cannot do anything. That's why we ask that through your word, we may know you. That we may know you in a personal way. And to a point where we would surrender we would repent of our sins and we would genuinely believe on who you are and what you have done. Lord, shepherd us with your word today. Guide us, teach us, rebuke us. And may your words bring encouragement, comfort, healing, wisdom and even life eternal. We ask that you change our minds and our hearts and carry us from darkness to light through your Son, Jesus Christ. And may you alone be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Guinness World Records cited that a certain Jonathan Lee Richards has sued over 4,000 companies and individuals. And he holds the world record for the largest amount of lawsuits filed. He sued a lot of people. And he even uh, sued the Guinness World Records when he found out that he was being held with the record and having given a false or an inaccurate number of lawsuits that he has filed. Uh, some of Richard's defendants even included Adolf Hitler. He sued the, tr the 13 tribes of Israel. He even sued the planet Pluto and even the Garden of Eden. Now, uh, in a court, there would always be two parties. Uh, we have the plaintiff 
or in civil cases, or the the people of the Philippines, the state in a criminal case, uh, this is the party where they are claiming uh, that their right has been damaged or has been injured. And so they're claiming against the defendant who will try his or her best uh, to say otherwise. And uh, for today, uh, in our message today, may I ask you to put yourselves as if we are in a courtroom and you are the judge. So we have two parties. Uh, we have, on one hand, the Jewish people, the Jewish leaders, claiming against Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ was accused of two crimes. One is violating their law on Sabbath as he healed an invalid man. And the other is that Jesus was claiming that he is equal with God. And so Jesus Christ, on the other hand, by himself, uh, as his own representative and counsel, is defending um, himself against these accusations. And so you are here today, you are sitting as the judge. So the Lord Jesus, in the past uh, previous messages, explained, as we have studied, as we have uh, uh, taught in this pulpit, that he does the will of the Father, including judgment. So Jesus was claiming that he is equal with God and that he is not independent of God. So he was saying that he and the Father, they are one. And he stated that he cannot do anything to deviate from the Father's will. Now the Lord Jesus would open the discussion on witnesses. Now as judges, of course, there are two things that you need to rely on. One is the law or the statute or the rules of the court. And then this will go against the claims of the two parties. So you're now going to judge you know, based on the claims of the plaintiff you know, or, or the state, the prosecution against the defendant, and both of them would, well, of course, would present their evidence. So you would rely on the law and on the evidence that they would present. Now, as judges, of course, you would know that there are three kinds of evidence. So we have the object evidence, like for example, in a criminal case, the knife that was used. We have the documentary evidence, which is usually sometimes the contract, the agreement between two parties document. And then now this includes the photographs and the writings, etc. Then you have the testimonial evidence given by witnesses. And that is the title of the message for us today witnesses because in this instance in particularly in John chapter 5 verses 30 to 40 Jesus would present three or four witnesses now what would be the importance what would be the significance of witnesses in relation to what is being proven as true so what is the importance of testimonial witness well in the Jewish mindset, credible witnesses are necessary to establish a claim. Just like in our in our in our courts, whether whether it's in the barangay level or in the administrative level, not administrative courts, or in the in the trial courts, or even in the higher appellate courts, and even in the Supreme Court, such witnesses would be critical. Now, in the Jewish mindset, credible witnesses are necessary to establish a claim. And may I add to this? It is also important because according to their law, according to their relational law, particularly in Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse 15, allow me to read that with you or for you. It says here, a single witness 
shall not suffice. So if you have just one witness, it's not, it's not enough. It shall not suffice against a person for any crime or for any wrong in connection with any offense that he has committed. Only on the evidence of two witnesses or of three witnesses shall a charge be established. And so here we have Jesus establishing his witnesses. And he gave four witnesses. So if you're uh, a mnemonic guy, you're, you're, you, you, want, you, you like acronyms, and you can remember things easily using mnemonics or acronyms, well, you could uh, say there are four W's or three W's that uh, Jesus presented as his witness. So the first is the work W, first W, the work of John the Baptist, uh, and then the, or the worker, no, the worker. And then you have the work of Jesus Christ himself, and then you have the, well, the wonderful Father, and the testimony, the wonderful Father, and the Word. Okay, so the worker, the works, the wonderful Father, and the word. So those are the four W's as your acronym. Now, John MacArthur presented that these were just forms of one single witness. So according to John MacArthur, this is only the, the testimony of the Father. And so the testimony of the Father as the major witness, you know, Father God, meaning the, as the major witness, will be divided into at least three forms. The witness of the Father through John the Baptist, the witness of the Father through the works, the miraculous works of Jesus Christ, and the witness, the testimony of the Father through the Scriptures. Now, let's go to the verses. Uh, as judges, of course, before we, we particularly go to the verses, as judges, of course, you also know that uh, a testimonial evidence would only be admissible, like in a court. It would only be admissible uh, if, one, it is relevant, huh? meaning the, the testimony is relevant to the case, and the other is if it is competent. So when we say competent, it means that it is not, the evidence is not excluded by the law or by the rules of court. So it will be accepted as competent. And uh, of course, for a witness to be, to be competent or to be you know, loosely credible, one, he or she should have the ability to perceive. So meaning he can see, he can hear, he can, or he, she can taste. And feel, no, and um, and that ability goes also with the ability to to let the people know, no? to uh, to share such perception. No? So, so with that in mind, let's go through the verses. Verse thirty. It says there, I can do nothing on my own. Jesus is speaking here, defending himself against the, the accusers, the Jewish accusers. I can do nothing on my own as I hear, I judge. As I hear, meaning not physical or literal hearing, but, well, knowing. So as I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just. Why? Because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. So again, it's, Jesus was again establishing or reiterating the truth that he is equal with God. That he is not independent. He is not separate from, from the Father. And in verse 31, If I alone bear witness about myself, my testimony is not true. Of course, as judges, if a, an accused testifies, uh, meaning he is the only one who gives, who gives uh, testimony as a witness for himself or herself, then usually judges would frown on such testimony. Why? Because they, they, they say that these are just self-serving testimonies. 
and it could be false. And most of the time, because they are self-serving or just a self-serving testimony, they are often, uh, well, not true. That's why Jesus, if I alone bear, as he says, witness about myself, my testimony is not true. Remember, based on their law, if there's only one witness, it is not enough. And so he gives several witnesses. First, and John MacArthur would also say, it's a progressive presentation of witnesses. First would be a great testimony of a human being, particularly John the Baptist. Uh, the second would be a greater testimony, which is the works of Jesus Christ himself. And then would, the third would be the greatest testimony as that would now pertain to the scriptures. So let's go to the first testimony by John the baptizer. So Jesus referred to John as one of the witnesses. God sent John the Baptist to be a witness of the light. So we can see this in, in, again in John chapter 1 verses 6 to 8. Now, although John spoke the truth, the Lord has, of course, more powerful witnesses. And uh, we will learn of these witnesses in a while. Verse 32, there is another who bears witness. So if you have your Bibles with you and if your, your pens with you, you can uh, encircle and uh, count how many times uh, Jesus would use the words witness and the word testimony. So in verse 31, we have there, if I alone bear witness about myself, my testimony is not true. Now in verse 32, there's another who bears witness about me, and I know that the testimony that he bears about me is true. Now what, is, what was the testimony of, of John the Baptist? Now let's refresh ourselves. Let's go back to John chapter 1. Now particularly in John chapter 1, verse 19, and, and so. It is written here, this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent to him priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? So remember, they, they sent uh, these this, uh, priests and Levites to ask John the Baptist who he is. And this is what John the Baptist said as his testimony. Verse 20, And he confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. They asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you? So that we may give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? Verse 23, He said, I am a voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight straight the way of the Lord, as Isaiah the prophet said. So John the Baptist was testifying on the ground of the scripture, on the ground of the prophecy of Isaiah the prophet. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, verse 25, and said to him, Why then are you baptizing if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? Verse 26, John answered them, saying, I baptize in water, but among you stands one whom you do not know. It is he who comes after me, the thong of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. And so, of course, John the Baptist would have many more testimonies. Uh, they're all true according to Jesus in verse 32. And in 33, you sent to John, so you sent to John, you went to John, and he has borne witness to the truth. Now, verse 34, not that the testimony that I receive is from man. So Jesus is saying, no, my testimony, okay, is not just from a human being, because, uh, well, two ways, human to human, person to person, you may believe. Now, just as... Yeah, someone says, oh, you watch this movie. It's so amazing. And we'll give you a lot of information. 
etc., etc. So you are now enticed also to watch the movie uh, because of a testimony of a person whom you know. Uh, so man to man. But more than that, Jesus is saying, not that the testimony that I receive is from man, but I say these things so that you may be saved. Uh, you may be saved from what? Well, may be saved from whether it's spiritual or physical salvation. One thing is common, and that is destruction. His separation from God. Verse 35, he was a burning and shining lamp. And you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. So Jesus was saying that they accepted, they received John the Baptist temporarily or initially. And they acknowledged that the witness of John was significant because they accepted. They were, they were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. Now, during this time, it is known that John the Baptist was either in prison or just had his head beheaded. And so they received him. They were willing to rejoice for a while in his light, but eventually they rejected his testimony. Now, John's witness was from God. He was witnessing on the basis of the prophecy given in the scriptures. But the more potent witness would be God himself. And uh, of course, it was significant for humans to hear another human testify, but it would be quite different if it is God the Father who would already give a testimony. That's the ultimate. So the next witness would be a greater witness. So the Lord Jesus explained that his works, uh, his miraculous works, in, in the, the context of John chapter 5, and the Father himself are the greater testimonies. The works of Christ included the healing of the, the invalid, uh, of course, the giving of eternal life, and the coming judgment, which were all uh, carefully and uh, extensively discussed in the previous messages. So if you're here for the first time, you may want to consider to go back and review our previous messages recorded in Spotify and also in our Facebook and YouTube uh, uh, accounts. So, But within Ultimate Work was, listen to this, his death and resurrection. That would be the ultimate marvelous revelation of such great work that will testify who really Christ is. Verse 36, but the testimony that I have is greater than that of John. So if the testimony of John was great, it was great at the point that they accepted John's testimony initially, but eventually rejected John's testimony. What Jesus now has is greater than that of John. For the works that the Father has given me to accomplish, the very works that I am doing. So in the context of, of John chapter 5, he, Jesus miraculously, just by saying to this invalid man for 38 years, get up, stand, take up your mat and, and, and walk. Miraculously, that person was healed. And so the very works that Christ is doing would bear witness about him, about me, that the Father has sent me. So what is that very work that Christ is doing and eventually is going to accomplish? And that would now be the work of salvation. Uh, last Saturday, we had a family gathering in, in Manila, and I think I ate a lot. And uh, uh, later at night, before we went home, I suddenly experienced sharp, 
10 out of 10, the most severe kind of pain that I ever felt in my entire life. Maybe uh, circumcision, but I was too young to, to, to feel such pain, but uh, there was anesthesia eventually. But here, last Saturday, I experienced severe pain, spasm inside my abdomen. So I was thinking, was thinking a lot of things. So, uh, first, the, was I having appendicitis, or did my appendix rupture, or any part of my intestine ruptured or twisted, and and so I was in severe pain that I cannot move, and breathing all, also aggravated such pain. And so I was trying my best to, to sit still from where I was sitting at. And I was trying not to move. And uh, I was not even trying to, to breathe uh, deep. Uh, I, was even, I was not even speaking. And my, my abdomen uh, went bored-like rigid. So, and, and, well, in, in medical parlance, we call it surgical abdomen. And if I'm the surgeon that, that sees a person complaining of this and having such physical uh, condition, I would immediately suggest surgery. So I was thinking, oh no, I might undergo an emergency surgery. We were in Manila, and we have a lot of things to do in the next few days. So what I, while I was suffering from such pain, I was in my thoughts praying, and I was asking God for healing. And I reminded God, Lord, I was preaching about healing, about what you, what, what you did. Now, please, if it's your will, would you... Would you heal me from whatever I'm feeling right now? And in your name alone, I would be healed. And I thank you, Lord, for whatever is your will. Now, it took almost around 45 minutes before the pain subsided. And I was reminded of one great truth. During our desperate moments, during the, the moment where we, we perceive, we, we see, we, we know that our spouse will not be of help. Our children will not be of help. Any person would not be of help. It is only God who would be able to miraculously help us. At that particular moment, I was reminded that there is only one that I can turn to that I can trust and I can ask. It will not be my spouse, it will not be my family, it will not be anyone, but God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, our triune God alone. Verse 37, And the Father who sent me has himself, is the key, born witness about me. The Father who sent me, Jesus is speaking, has himself borne witness about me. Knowing that the Father bears witness to the Son would now make our understanding or should make our understanding of who Christ is complete. The son did not act on his own, but he was one with the father in intent, in action. So whatever Jesus was doing, healing on a Sabbath, saying, according to the prosecution, blasphemously saying that he is equal with God, all of this he is saying because he was one with the father. So our understanding would be incomplete if we do not see the unity of Jesus and the Father. Now, we move on to the third witness, the greatest witness, as the Lord stated that the scriptures bear witness about him. But the Jews do not have God's word in them. 
This is the reason because they do not believe in Christ. So in the question, in the question, how or why would the Jews not come to Christ? Why would they not come to Christ? The simple reason, the simple answer is that because they do not believe in Christ. So the Jews would instead, what, promote the writings of men, their laws, rather than the scriptures. And that is why they do not come to Christ to have life. Verse 38, and you do not have his word abiding in you. You do not have his word abiding in you. For, this is the reason, for you do not believe the one whom he has sent. So what is the word that should be abiding in them? Uh, take note that the scriptures were given to the Jews. The, the first, the, the Torah, the first five books they were entrusted to them. They were given to them. Yet, Jesus was saying that you do not have his word, God's word abiding in you. Why? Because even if you have the scriptures, you do not believe the one was being prophesied in those books that you have, that you have been reading, that you have been studying. Thus, in verse 39, he would further say, Jesus would further say, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, which is, well, is somehow a kind of a, a commendation uh, that you are searching the scripture, but in a way, it's, it's false because you think that in them you have eternal life. But here's the point. And it is they that bear witness about me. So the very scriptures that you are studying, the very scriptures that you are searching for eternal life, actually bear witness about Jesus Christ. Now just allow me to go to the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 24. This is the last uh, chapter in the, in the Gospel of Luke um, where Jesus has already risen and there were these two Jews. They were, they were walking in verse 15. Well, they were walking and discussing in verse 14. Uh, I'll go back as, 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 as verse, in verse 13. And behold, two of them were going that very day to a village named Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things which had taken place. What are these things that has taken place? While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them. Verse 16, but their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are these words that you are exchanging with one another as you are walking? Of course, God being... Uh, omnipotent, all-powerful, and omniscient, all-knowing. He would know, he would know what they're talking about. And they stood still looking sad. Verse 18, one of them named Cleopas answered and said to him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of the things which have happened here in these days? Verse 19, and he said to them, Jesus said to them, what things? And they said to him, the things about Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet mighty indeed and word in the sight of God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to the sentence of death and crucified him. Verse 21, but we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, it is the third day since these things happened. But also some women among us amazed us when they were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body. They came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Verse 24, some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just exactly as the woman or the women also had said, but him they did not see. And look at what Jesus says to them. In verse 25, and he said to them, O foolish men and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? Verse 27, then beginning with Moses, beginning with Moses, and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. 
So the scriptures, the greatest testimony, objective documentary, testimonial evidence rolled into one, bear, bore witness about Christ. Verse 38, And you do not have His word abiding in you, for you do not believe the one whom He has sent. Verse 39, You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they, pertaining to the prophecies, pertaining to the prophets, that bear witness about me. And verse 40, Jesus gives the basis of their unbelief. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. In other translations, unwilling. You are unwilling to come to me that you may have life. Now the word refuse or the word unwilling may be taken in two ways. One is a natural refusal. Natural unwillingness. Because we are sinners. And of course, apart from God's work, we don't want to, to come to Him. It's just our nature not to seek God. It's just our natural, our nature, no? our natural response to refuse to believe. To refuse, to reject. And so, these are, this is one reason that I just always put in my mind whenever, before I, I share, I proclaim the gospel, or just immediately after I proclaim the gospel, and such person would, would not even care to listen or more so believe. Well, it's, it's the natural tendency of man not to believe, not to repent. And so you refuse. The other way to look at this word is intentional refusal. They have heard, yet they intentionally refuse. They intentionally reject. They are unwilling to receive and to accept and to believe. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. The subsequent verses, if you will come here again next Sunday, will explain more and give more enlightenment to such refusal of this Jewish people during the time of Jesus. The Jews would rather enforce the commandments of men about the Sabbath. They would rather enforce their law than remain with the concept of rest as we have studied in previous uh, verses. The scripture spoke about Christ but the Jews could not see that in front of them was the Son of God whether it's by natural reasons they could not see, or it could be God just blinding them, the sin blinding them, or it could even be the, the work of the evil one. But for any reason, they refused to come to Christ for belief. So we have heard the testimonial evidence given by Jesus Christ pertaining to himself. Lord of the Sabbath, I am not under your laws, for I am equal with God, and I can heal on Sabbath. I can work on Sabbath. I am above your law, and I am equal with God. The Father and me, we are one. We are united. We have heard now, as a judge, as the judge in the courtroom, how would you decide? And I believe and I pray that 
may your decision at this time be based on the truth. Application, believe in John's witness. Let us believe that the witness of John the Baptist is true. Jesus Christ, our Lord, is the Lamb of God. John the Baptist testified about this. And that the Spirit of God is upon him. When, the, when, the, when, when John the Baptist baptized Jesus, John the Baptist admitted that he is much greater than him. So would you believe in the witness of John presented by Christ as one of his witnesses? Would you believe? Second would be believe in the Father's witness. Of course, uh, one perspective is all of these forms the, the testimony of John, the works of Christ himself, and the scriptures were all testimonies of God the Father himself in three different forms. The Father's witness is reflected in the works accomplished by the Son. The ultimate accomplishment, again, is Christ's death and resurrection. But included in the work of Christ were the signs and his claims. I think there will only be seven miracles that John would, would write about in his gospel. But in the totality of all four gospels, Bible scholars say there are 30 other miracles that Jesus performed. And so such miracles, remember, were not Christ's own accord. They were in alignment, they were in accordance with the Father's will, with the Father's work as well. And third application, believe in the scriptures. The Jews that Jesus addressed would not come to Christ to have life. Sad to say, the Jews thought that they knew the scripture, but they do not. The only, they only know the opinions of men. Thus, we must distinguish the word of God from the word of men. So how do we do this? We study on our own. If you cannot, then you study together with a growth group or with a group of people. Be part of a growth group. Join a growth group where together you will, you will study the word of God. You will learn more about who Jesus is. And may I encourage every one of us to be a part of such group so that we together would discover and know who really Jesus is. Uh, if you can do self-study, uh, that's good. But there is also the importance of having your classmates, you know, your groupmates, your friends, fellow sinners, fellow students, fellow believers, study the Word of God. It could be your family, it could be your friends, it could be a, a group. Hence, we should study the Scripture in its context. We must remain faithful to the text, which takes discipline. And this is what we do in every growth group. It's so tempting to make quick conclusions about the text rather than cautiously studying it before teaching it. So if you believe, if you feel that you are in need of someone to guide you in studying the Word of God, then look for one. Find a mentor. Find a discipler. Find someone more mature you feel, you think, you know, than you. And then go through the Scripture together, either one-on-one -on -one or as a group or as a family and know more about who Jesus is. Allow me to share with you a poem by our senior pastor who cannot be with us today. Yet uh, he and his family are in our prayers entitled Believe the Witnesses. A claim cannot be established, at least two, that is the practice. Don't forget credibility 
to have sustainability. God sent a man as a witness, highly credible, but much less in the light of divinity, for Christ's witness is deity. Another witness is his work. Obviously, the Jews were so irked. But those who believe say, Amen. He suffered, died, and rose again. Those not cautious will fail to see. Those that neglect accuracy. The call is to believe in Christ and his words. Now that would be wise. Shall we all stand and close in prayer? Heavenly Father, we ask that you help us, guide us, teach us, so that we will not make the same mistakes that the Jewish leaders made at a time when you revealed yourself to them in a special way instead of believing trusting they refused they rejected you and they continuously did this until your point of death on the cross and even after your resurrection they refused even today Lord many are unwilling Indeed, you are always being tried. Not physically in the courts of justice that we have today, but in our minds and in our hearts. You are continuously being judged in the thoughts of men. And for those who believe in you, are even included in such trials. When we proclaim the gospel, we are also being tried. We are also being adjudged. Yet, the evidence, they are so clear about who you are. The testimony of people of men and women written in the scriptures and those even testified by such people personally in books in their stories in their blogs in social media of who you are and what you have done Yet a lot of people refuse to believe. So I pray, Lord, that we will not make the same mistake. For it is so costly. It will cost us our eternity, our eternal life. For as you have said, that you are the judge. And you, were, you will judge accordingly. So, Father, we pray that you change our hearts. Give us a heart that is humble and by faith would surrender and repent of our sins and genuinely believe on Jesus Christ and what you have done for us is enough for us and our loved ones, our friends, the world to be saved yet you also would you also give us opportunities to proclaim the gospel in whatever ways and means that you would graciously allow us to have may we not reject may our loved ones our friends our classmates our co-workers when they hear the gospel may they not unwillingly refuse 
but instead by your grace and by your power cause them to see you and believe in you there's nothing we can do Lord except to pray for them and to live out life that presents that says that we are believers of you and for our for times lord that we can share and proclaim the gospel give us the courage give us the boldness and for those who are here today listening watching would you open our eyes would you open our hearts would you change our sinful nature and cause us to see you and believe only in you and again Lord cause us to draw near to you as we study your word individually as a family and perhaps through a growth group that we may know you in a personal powerful way we give you all the glory that you alone deserve for you are equal and one with the father and the holy spirit as one to you be the glory protect us lord as we go out from this place our families our loved ones ask for your wisdom for every decision that we will be making throughout the week we ask for your healing for those who are sick we ask for encouragement and comfort to those who are tired and most especially lord grant eternal life for every person who would repent and would believe in you that we may grow in our knowledge and may be able to share the gospel even and proclaim to others this we ask and pray in jesus name amen and amen god bless us all and see you again next sunday